Hello there, Ome. Thank you for listening to the Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast. We value your time and hope you are enjoying the experience. If you are enjoying our podcast or want to tell us how badly we are butchering the rules, please let us know on our Discord. If you are listening to us on a service that allows you to rate us, please do so. Help us hack that algorithm with a five-star review. Most importantly, though, we thank you for listening and hope you will continue to do so and spread the word to your friends. Stay safe, conserve ammo, scrub that data trail, and need I really say it, don't make deals with dragons. standing on a sidewalk downtown Renton discussing your next moves. Mm-hmm. You had approached the living quarters, the sort of the apartment complex that a Miss Kimberly Antonson had left as her last address, and you were attempting to track her down. The guards I- at the entrance gate had told you that Kimberly Antonson was no longer a resident at the community. I think we were about to call her parents. You had tried to call her parents already. Um, Turns out that it's something like, it's midnight right now in Seattle. Um, So they're a couple of hours ahead of you. So it's like three in the morning and nobody actually answered the phone. Damn. They don't make phones loud enough to wake people up at night anymore. I said... uh, questioned whether we should try to, or you should try to um, surreptitiously enter the apartment complex. And uh, right about now, Cecile's comm link goes off. Um, he answers immediately. Who's this? Asks a uh, sort of brusque male voice. Uh, hi, is this uh, Mr... What's the person's name? Antonson. Is this Mr. Antonson? No. And who are you? Is there is there voice ID? Do I know who's on the other end? Uh, it's an unknown number. Right. Okay. So, is it the same number, like com code that we that we dialed? Uh not when you were trying to get in touch with Kim's parents. Hmm. Okay. Who is this? Who, who, is, who are you? Uh, I'm waiting for you to tell me who you are. You called me earlier. No, who are you? No, who are you? Who that dare who say who that dare when I say who that dare? <laughs> Hold on. I This is very weird. Uh... You can make a memory test real quick. <laughs> Cecile would remember. Cecile should remember. Two. Good. Two hits. Um, you remember that you actually called somebody this morning. 
Oh, yes, I recall. Hi, yes, sorry, things are a little weird right now. Uh, I was hoping to establish an anonymous uh, account at your bank. And you are a friend of the clan? Uh, I'm a friend of... Procops. Uh, I'm a friend of the Cops owner of the help. Samovar. Ah, yes. So you have a means of identification? Oh, yes, absolutely. Very well. Um, for a friend of the clans, we can help you. Good. Uh, should we set up a meeting to sort this out fully, or what do you need on mine? Well, we value the privacy of our patrons. However, we will need some form of biometric data from you so that we can assure your identity as you make deposits or withdrawals from your account. That is okay, just as long as you ensure that no, uh, that anyone gets access to this, you understand it's a matter of safety. Absolutely. Good. We don't personally maintain access to the data, so there is a third-party blind cutout. So even if our servers were raided, access would be denied to your accounts. Perfect. Will ascend do? Yes. And some other form of identification, either a voice print or a retina scan. Some people go so far as to provide a DNA sample. Perfect. A voice print will be fine for the moment. Very well. Shall we hand wave setting the bank account up past that point? Absolutely. <laughs> because at this point, um, Grace, you are you realize that there is someone approaching in the astral from the direction of the apartment block that you just came from or that you were attempting to get in. Mm, is someone approaching as in an astrally projecting metahuman or um it is definitely an astrally projecting metahuman and they are very definitely traveling towards you at a fairly slow rate mm, well if i can see them now and they're clearly approaching my location they have already seen me probably yeah. raise it to the group uh, maybe a little bit anxious as I as I as I notice them. I imagine they could probably tell. The Grace is a little. There's a, a little spike in stress, and she looks over and uh, immediately says, "Hey, uh, there's a, there's someone's ghost, right? Like over over there." She just kind of like makes a little nod in the direction. Cecile um, gives you a, a weird look when you say ghost. <laughs> she looks back. Yeah, so the person has approached um, fairly close to you. They appear as a human male, um, fairly young, um, not overly powerful. There's not a giant beacon of magical energy beaming out of them. Um, and of all things, sort of oddly styled in the astral, they appear to be wearing a... Uh, Knight errant security uniform, and uh, this this person had he's he's approached you. He's they've got their their hands up. He's got his hands up, sort of palm towards you, and in, in sort of the, you know the the universal gesture meant to convey that they mean no harm. Hi there. 
She uh, waves a hoof, a forehoof, very awkwardly. So in the astral, what would he be seeing of you again? Um, well, if I recall correctly, Nightingale's not actually disguised currently, so it's just plainly obvious that she is an extra planer. Um, she's just physically disguised? Because isn't she still in the guise of the, the dog, or is it... No, she would have dropped that whenever they got into the car, and okay. whenever they, they pulled away from the apartment, and they're just kind of standing out. Uh, I forget where they were exactly. Does anyone remember? You're in Renton, um, outside of sort of a fancy, sort of hipster style, new hipster style apartment building. New hipster. Well, they're um, they're somewhere. They're some. They're standing somewhere where uh, eyes are unlikely to to wander. I'd say, but she's not. She's not yeah. disguised right. physically or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's he's standing there. Um, you can tell without even you know making any kind of perception test that he's you know he's not hiding his aura anyway so you're seeing that he's mainly just curious and you know maybe with a background of of being tired and a little bit anxious and also a little bit bored and and he says ah you can see me yeah i can see you you can see me she suddenly points a hoof at herself and like looks at herself and then looks around all dramatically and then she turns back obvious mouth Mirth playing across her, and she says, hi. Yeah, I can see you. I think. And you can you're... talk. Yeah, I can talk. They can hear me, by the way. I don't I don't think that either, any of them can see you, though. Oh, uh, yeah, I was weird. The, uh, the shift sergeant asked me to come out and look at you guys after you came to the gate, and we thought you were, well, we just thought you were a pet. But um, oh. basically, I'm just out here to make sure that you guys aren't thinking of causing any trouble. Is Cecile you know. still on the phone? Yeah, it's sort of happening at the same time as you're on the phone. Okay, Cecile's not paying attention. Oh, 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 uh, well, no, no, we, we don't plan to cause any trouble. Uh, she's a little bit, um, concerned now, obviously. It's a, it's a more advanced form of anxiety. It's not an immediate fear, but, mm, perhaps a little bit of dread. He says, you know, your, your aura is really weird. Not what I was expecting when I saw you on the security cameras. And then he sort of blushes in the astral and says, oh, well, that, that was sort of rude. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, could you, um, could you not tell anyone about me? He looks sort of puzzled. You get the sense that he's probably not the sharpest tool in the shed. But he is definitely astrally, he's definitely a mage of some minor ability, you know, probably just been assigned by Knight Errant to this block. Um, but he, he looks at you and says, sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, as long as you're not going to tr- start any trouble, I don't, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, thank you. No, no trouble, none at all. Uh, we're actually um, kind of friends. Well, we're, we're, we're on a job to help one of the people that lives here. That's the only reason why we're here. We're going to get going soon, though. So uh, we'll be out of your hair, and um, we won't cause any trouble for either one of us, me or you. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, so, but who are, you, uh, who are you helping out? Maybe I know them. What, what was her name? She, she says, uh, looking back to the group of metahumans around her. Who are uh, you talking to? Uh, oh, uh, the person. 
I, all of you, but you, you, and you. No, but who were you talking to uh, before? Are you are you on a comm link? No, 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 no. There's a there's a security mage right there. Oh, um, you don't you don't see anybody where you don't see anybody where Grace is pointing to Dindir. Um, it seems like she's talking to the air. I, I kind of turn to uh, a boxer and go, "Is the horse crazy?" No, she uh, she does this. It's magic. I don't yeah. pretend to understand. Um, but, does... but what was the girl's name? I, I honestly can't remember. Who is it you're talking to? He's a security mage. He said that he might be able to give us some info. So what was her name? Um, I think... Her name's uh, Kimberly Antonson. Deandre remembers. I'm trying to figure out if this would be useful to tell Knight Errant that we're looking for this person or not. Did oh, Grace say that it was Knight Errant? He only said yeah. it was a security mage who uh, said the, the security info. before that was that we we walked up to the security guy. He was Knight Errant, right? He was Knight Errant, yes. Okay, and that's something DeAndre would remember. Yes, for sure. So, um, I think DeAndre kind of walks up next to the horse and then, not looking directly at wherever it is, she kind of just like. It says it. Her name is Kimberly Antonson. She moved out a couple months ago. We've been hired by a uh, an acquaintance of hers to make sure she's okay. That's about it. Can does language translate from physical into astral? Uh, no. Sound waves and light. They do have a. They have astral substance, but they do not translate the same way. You would need dual-natured sound and light, like what Nightingale has, to engage in conversation, both on the astral and the physical at the same time. Uh, what Deandre just did was like flap her jaws in the general direction. Has no idea about any of the astral stuff. It's something she's avoided for her entire life. Nightingale, understanding these things, would uh, immediately relay what Deandre just said in shorter words, who they're looking for by name. Ah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know Kimmy. Uh, yeah, she moved out like six months ago. Mm-hmm. This is the only lead we currently have. We think something bad may have happened. Oh, we, no, no. Nothing's we don't bad. think anything bad may have happened to her. We just have a an acquaintance that's a little um, overly anxious and wanted to check in. That's it. Correction. We just wanted to do a welfare check. We don't suspect anything's gone amiss. Oh, yeah. Nothing, nice. Nothing's gone amiss. Kim, Kimmy's fine. Um, uh, yeah, I don't see her harm. Well, yeah, she's fine. Is there any way we can confirm that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can give you any more information about that, but well, rest assured, she's. Uh, <laughs> he chuckles a little bit. He's like, "Oh, Kimmy's fine. I talked to her a lot, actually." Oh, okay. Well, that's good to hear. Um, I thank you for your help and your your uh, your discretion. Um, uh, I'll. You should probably go ahead and get on with the rest of your night, and we need to keep moving in our work. It was well, uh, nice meeting you, Mr. Security Guard. Yeah, you can call me Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy, that's a nice name. Jimmy, like that. It. Okay, well, yeah, it was nice meeting you, too. Um, thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for not making anything, any trouble. And I got to, like you said, I got to go do my uh, my patrol now, but uh, 
Just, uh, you know, I wouldn't worry about Kimmy. Just tell her friend that, that she's fine. Yeah, I got gotcha. Drifts off. She, uh, before he dies, she summons up a, uh, a small construct of like astral energy with her magic just to give him like, uh, finger guns and then waves <laughs> him off. And, he, uh, uh, he smiles and drifts away. All right. Well, that was help, uh, very unhelpful, but, um, apparently she's safe. According to Jimmy. According to Jimmy. Well, yeah. let me know when Cecile's off the phone. Yeah, you're off the phone. You're off the phone about this point. Okay. What was going on? You all were very loud. Um, the horse was talking to a ghost. Right. Okay. You, yeah. What were you talking to? Oh, uh, so it, it was an Ashley projecting security mage named Jimmy. Yes, and you spoke about... Oh, uh, he just, like, wanted to come check up on us. Um, he asked about, uh, what we were doing. I told him that we were looking for the girl. He said that she was alright, and that he talks to her quite a bit. Which probably means she ends up, she ended up going into... Well, it could just be that they, they have some personal relationship, but that could also mean that she ended up working at a... the same, like location or like the same company as him mm. well, i'll put Which... his name down and i'll see if i can find anything when i get my tools jimmy the ghost <laughs> when uh when grace says what she just said that sort of thought process um it rings a bell with you cecile about something that had come up in your your matrix search that you did mm-hmm you think something about it is ringing a bell. You want to go back and take a quick look at your matrix search? Oh, yeah. She's pulling that up on the side with her left hand. Yep. So you had sort of done a, a search parameter, you know, for for Kimberly Antonson. You had a picture of her. And you see that there's a combination sort of out in one of the outer circles of, of outer rings of your search where... Um, there's an entry for a K Antonson, um, and the combination occurs. Combination occurs with the timeline that you're looking at, and it's a data entry on a publicity statement from the Knight Errant Academy in Renton, um, sort of around the same time where Mr. Johnson said Kimmy disappeared. There's a publicity statement from Knight Errant that's welcoming in the most recent class of inductees. And about midway down that list of inductees, you see an entry for a K. Antonson. Hey, all right. I think I know where where Miss Antonson is. Yeah. Uh, bring up the van. We're heading to Knight Errant. Which van? The Academy. Where did I leave the van? Uh, I think it's I think it's there, right there in the vicinity. Because you, I think you guys pulled up and you got out and you went and talked to the security guards uh-huh. at the gate. I think I was just gonna go get back in and start it, and then tell them to get in. Get in the van, losers. We're going shopping. Did we Wait, take no. the van, or did you guys take a grid guide? Mm-hmm. That's did a great you... question. I forget. I thought you left the van behind. Yeah, we left the van, oh. and we took a grid guide here. Yeah. Uh, I'm the only one with my vehicle, and it's my bike. Mm, yeah. So like vehicle. Uh, we should call a grid guide. Well, I, it still seems weird to have five of us show up at the, the Knight Errant Academy. 
looking for someone. I at midnight. Yeah, have some experience with private security. As I mean, well, I definitely odd, shouldn't but... go. I'll stay in the van. I'll yes. take a grid guide. I'll be at a cafe. Just, I'll start a voice call. Bye. Enjoy your He's walking off. <laughs> Mark. Ice, are you, um, you're not chipped or anything, right? You don't have a, a, a sin? No, I don't have okay. a sin. Uh, you should probably go with Cecile, because we're going to be going to a pretty noisy place. Uh, oh, perfect. I'll have conversation company. Yeah, fine. This, yeah, whatever. All right, let's get Scott out of here. That leaves the three of us, and there's a horse. Do not discount the horse. Do you have a sin horse? What do you think? This horse is not a sinner, no, ma'am. Okay. And I imagine you don't. She says this, like, looking at Boxer. Boxer does. I actually do. Boxer and is an outstanding citizen. So we got two sinners out of the five of us, and we're going to be going into a Knight Errant Academy. Uh, Perhaps well, we should not all go? Yes. Um, I have a friend in Knight Errant, but he works in Auburn and is asleep at the moment. Mm. So that won't help us any. <sighs> I believe Boxer's got a Knight Errant contact, too. Yeah, Vicente. Mm-hmm. Vicente. Also known as the best boy. But uh So do you think he could get us inside Knight Errant Academy at midnight? At midnight? Yes. Okay. And what would we have to do for him to get us in at midnight? I think we had to best ask him about that. Yeah. We'll call him. And uh she she's getting on the calm with Vicente. All right, so you get on the comm, and you you it rings once or twice, and then you hear Vicente's voice. Oh, hello, oh, hello, Vicky Boxer. Ah, oh, you got my night off. Ah, uh, that is. Hmm. What's up? We need to get into Knight Errant Training Academy. Uh, this is not one of the more dubious jobs. We are doing a wellness check. An individual who has mm, gone dark. A wellness check on an individual who has gone dark at the police academy? The one in Ren? Mm, no, we need to get into the police academy to access their record. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Boxer. I mean, I know we're chummers and all, but it's sort of a big ask. Mm. Um, I mean, you want me to just check? You want to give me a name and, and I can check for you? Mm. She looks to the rest of the group. But I mean, what what are we talking about? Does like are they like did they get picked up by Night Errant and <laughs> No, there's something dubious. A deal with Aries. A what? The farms manufacturer. Oh, Aries? You're confusing me, boxer. So we have received a message about about this woman. Yes, she's gone missing. A concerned friend has been unable to make contact of her for, I believe friend it was is a months. strong word for that. Slide. Friend and co-worker. He has been unable to make contact of her for months. And she packed up, disappeared. Her social media has been wiped out. And she suddenly signed on with Night Errant. And the details of this from her parents' social media feeds is 
suggestive of a certain degree of lack of choice in the matter. However, Knight Errant has lead on precisely where we can go to find her. Oh no, Boxer, it sounds sort of strange. He's waking up a little bit. Um, I mean, the training academy is just a training academy. Um, I mean, I, I haven't been there for a, a while, but I could probably, uh, if you had a name, I could probably make it just a couple of calls and figure out what's going on. Uh, what's her name again? Kimberly Antonson. Her name is Kimberly Antonson. Oh, okay. Uh, and you said she uh, she joined the academy a couple of months ago, so at the last uh, in the last uh, group of inductees. All right. Uh, is this really a hot boxer? Or can I uh, can I get a good night's sleep on it? Yeah, you can get a good night's sleep. Okay, um, I'm sure it's nothing, boxer. I um, if she's if she's joined the academy, then yeah, she's probably gone dark. They just they make all the recruits do that. Uh, you know, it's nothing unusual. You know me, paranoid. Is this a job or is this a personal friend? Mm, it is a job, but. <sighs> Yeah, I know how you get. Yeah, Always it's a job for a concerned friend. Well, I have to do something to feel better. Yeah, I know. I'm in the same boat. We're just working at it on different angles. Yeah. <sighs> get a good night's sleep, man. Yeah, I'll see you, you too, later. Boxer. Stop poking around in the middle of the night, and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> what can I say? I'm a night owl. Good night. Good night. <sighs> All right. He'll be back with us tomorrow to give us um, information he can gather from the Academy. All right. So Cecile and Ice have left. Cecile called a grid guide, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking and, of, uh, when is her bank account going to be activated? Um, it's probably already active. Good. Good. Okay. Mm, okay. So, uh, Ice. <laughs> yeah. You a good hunter? Yeah. So what are we doing here? I, I am heading to a cafe, and after that, I'm probably going to go to my bank to acquire some money, get some tools you came with. Yeah, I guess I'll be sticking with you. Uh, if those other guys are going next near Night Aaron, I don't want to necessarily be anywhere near them. So how do you know those guys? Uh, that's a long story. Um, I was kidnapped, and then they kidnapped me, and now I am working for Prokop. You were kidnapped, and then they kidnapped you, and now you're working with them. Correct. He just shakes his head. Yeah, things have changed in the shadows since I was running. Ah, those kidnap is a bit harsh. It's more like they tried to save me, but did never really, you know, uh, explained that in the process of doing it. So we were a bit busy not being shot. You can't hear this. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, they've left. You guys are still you guys are still standing on a street corner discussing your next moves. Cecile walked off. Ice took sort of look between the two groups and after hearing that you're ahead for Night Errant, he followed Cecile. So they they're headed for a cafe. Um we'll fast forward to the cafe. You guys have gotten in a grid guide. Cecile and Ice got in a grid guide and left. Probably tell them that we're not gonna do this. Told like <laughs> actually we're not even going there. Cynthia's oh, uh, uh, helping us out. Deandre will probably try, still try to go there tonight. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll get back. We'll go back to the guys, the three of you standing on the side of the street, trying to figure out what you're doing. You've just gotten off the phone call with Vicente. What's happening now? So we'll wait till tomorrow on certain notice, but 
until then, one of us should try to do something else. Mm-hmm. And by one of us, I mean me. You have a proposal. Uh, I would like to go to the police academy inquire person. Please do not do anything ill-advised. Oh, I'm just going to do as if I would do if I was still in Karasir. But if you think it's ill-advised to talk one cop to another, maybe... I've lost my edge. <laughs> yeah, Boxer probably doesn't know that you were a cop. You guys have only been, you know, known each other for a couple of hours at this point. I kind of uh, always describe uh, Deandere as looking like a cop. <laughs> so what you're saying is that Boxer knows, but but Nightingale probably doesn't. <laughs> I mean, you could just tell a cop by looking at their soul. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> I actually, did, I, I don't know. Did they slap the Punisher logo on that, too? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. what was going on? I, I, what are you I, guys I, doing? I think uh, Deandre is going to get on her bike and head to, uh, is going to fiddle around with her comlink, getting getting directions. And then she is going to head to uh, the police academy in Renton. All right. The night errant uh, training academy here in, in Renton is actually not that far from you. You're going to be in there in about 10 minutes. <laughs> Um, it sort of, as you pull up, you know, Renton's a fairly nice neighborhood, not as nice as Bellevue, obviously, but it's a fairly nice neighborhood. Um, and the Night Errant Academy is, it looks sort of like a, a modern university campus. Um, and, uh, you know, lots of clean buildings and nicely manicured lawns and planted areas. And, um, there's a, uh, a visitor center. So is that, do you want to pull up right up to the, to the visitor center? Yeah, I think that's what uh, Dandar would do, since he's not trying to do anything stupid. All right. Yeah, you pull up, and, uh, you know, it's got uh, the Night Errant branding, and it's nice and clean and doesn't look overly militarized. And uh, as you walk towards the building, the doors open, and uh, there's a receptionist there in a very neat Night Errant uniform. Um, and she looks up at you and she says, uh, good evening. How can I help you? Uh I think in Night Errant, Deander would give like a polite greeting in Sparethil, uh, and then she would continue then in uh, English. I'm uh, Kian Kalve. Uh, I wanted to speak to a uh, someone I've been told has enlisted here recently. I have a investigations going on about uh, an old coworker of hers. And I wanted to see if she knew anything about him. I see. Um, well, our cadets are not permitted to speak to the public until their training is completed and they are assigned, um, given an assignment. So um, if you would like, I can leave your name and number and uh, I'll take your name and number and uh, somebody will get back to you who may be able to answer your questions? I think DeAndre would pause for a second and then reply, uh, that's amenable. Uh, uh, and then, as always, I guess at this point, whatever she was handed to write with, or if she was even handed anything to write with, she'd probably start in Spirithil and then go to English after she realized that she was speaking in Spirithil. Uh, she'd give her real name, Kian Kalve. Uh, her, she'd have like a suffix on as in like private investigator extraordinaire uh, <laughs> and 
she just put like her comlink number on there, I guess. Okay. The, uh, the lady takes your information and uh, smiles at you and says, well, um, somebody will be with you um, as soon as we have the information that you're looking for. So did you enter, she looks down at the piece of paper. Did you, uh, who is it that you're looking for specifically? Oh, uh, one K Atkinson, Antonson, not Atkinson. Okay. Um, well, if this K Antonson is at the Academy and a trainee, probably what will happen is a, uh, a, uh, a public relations officer will call you back after they have ascertained the existence and location of this person at the academy uh, to confirm. But otherwise, I can assure you that uh, once the training is complete, um, the cadet will be enlisted and will be free to communicate with their friends and family outside of the academy. Uh, she smiles, not not exactly condescendingly, but sort of, you know, She's seen something like this before, and she says, "You know, it's every now and then we get this with the new, with the cadets, um, friends or, or family don't quite believe that you know they can't communicate while they are in training, but but that's our that's our regulation. So um, it's understandable. I'm just uh, trying to get my paycheck filled. You know, these private investigator jobs don't come often, so you got to pick them up when they can. Understood." Well, usually they just come to you people, but I try to pick up the most, uh, not, uh, what's the word, the, the cleanest customers I can. Well, but thank you very good. much for your time. Yeah, you have a good night. You as well. Cecile, what are you accomplishing at the uh, the cafe? Uh, Cecile is mostly just looking over some programs to buy when she heads over and cashes in her cred stick. Um, okay. She's probably also talking to Ice. You can uh, you can cash your cred stick right there with your comlink. Right, Cecile's comlink does not have a cred stick reader, sadly. So, uh, Ice, you uh heard about a job you did a while ago? Oh yeah, that would have been a long time ago then. You were uh, hunting paranormal critters. I do do that. He looks really? at you. Yep. Uh, when I first saw your uh, your buddy. Uh, Grace or Nightingale or whatever you call her there, I uh, sort of wonder how much she was worth. Got an estimate? Um, probably quite a bit, to be honest. Enough to retire? Possibly. I mean, don't you even think about it? She is sentient and uh, obviously metaplanar. So I think she's metaplanar. Oh, she certainly considered that. To be honest, I was. I was kind of hoping she was a figment of my imagination, and if I ignored her, she'd go away. Oh, she's definitely not a figment of your imagination. He sounds pretty serious all of a sudden. Um, I don't know what you know about Procop's organization, but they've uh, they had an interesting conversation about her after they left. Really? I can't say I'm familiar. Well, that uh, that little pony's uh, definitely not from around here. <laughs> I had gathered as much looking at her. Yeah, she's not uh, she's not from around here, but she's still. A whole lot better than some bug spirit or something. Have to look into that. I hadn't considered bug that she spirits was... or pony spirits. <laughs> pony you don't want to look at the bug spirits. I'll take Trust a cute me. pony any day. Well, no, I hadn't considered that she was extra planar. I just kind of thought she was what's the word? Weird. He looks at you slightly puzzled and a little bit like really like he he says. I mean, 
I don't know, but I've never seen or heard of a paracritter that takes the form of a uh, of a unicorn. Uh, no, listen, you know, I was talking one. <laughs> I was going to school at Evo. I overheard a lot of the med students talking. There's all sorts of weird gene tech stuff they're doing these days. I have no idea. I wasn't in a position to really question it that much in the days following getting levitated out of a moving car by said horse. <laughs> he chuckles. Oh, that's pretty funny. Sounds like you owe the little horsey your life. Well, I suppose you could say that. Yeah, those kind of debts suck. Trust me on that one, too. Oh, don't tell me you have a blood debt with Prokop. Uh, not with Prokop, no. He has a, maybe a blood debt with me, but... Yeah, never mind. Yeah. This is the eyebrow raise moment. <laughs> he sips his soy calf, looks off into this and says, debts just accumulate, that's all. What hour is it, uh, Paul? Uh, you're looking at probably around 1 a.m. Oh, Cecile's going to bed. She's like, oh, I forgot the time. I need to go. Farewell. Uh, where are you going? To sleep. And where would that be? A hotel. All right. Uh, hmm. That brings up an interesting point. Which is? Well, Prokop did say not to let you out of my sight. Oh. Not in a weird way, just because uh, you are in a little bit of danger. A little bit? Is that what he told you? Yeah, it's all relative. From my perspective, it's a little bit. Well, then I guess you're covering the fair. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> what do you want to find? Just a little coffin motel around here? Yeah, sounds about right. All right. So I need to get some bloody product. Bloody product. Well, we can do that tomorrow. Um, so like you guys go ahead. hair products. <laughs> oh, that kind of product. <laughs> you guys find a uh, a discreet coffin motel in the area, and uh, Prokop, true to his word, does pay for the uh, the rooms. And uh, then he, uh, the one thing he doesn't have is a comlex, so you can't actually get in touch with. Him. And he just basically sits down outside in the uh, in the parking lot. Like he's standing guard or something. Cecile mm. goes to sleep and wakes right. up about 6 a.m. So, okay. D&D, you've gone off to find some place to sleep as well. Um, Boxer or Boxer or Grace, who's driving? Um, Nightingale would probably assume the role of driving, just generally speaking. It's her car. All right. Do you have a... Uh, do you want to make a... Navigation test? Uh, that would be... What What attribute is navigation governed by? Uh, Good question. I think it's intuition, but let me check that. Yeah, and add your... You can add your ed, edge dice to that. Oh, let me go tick on edge. Get an idea of how well you find your way out into the wilderness and how successful you are in finding a nice little I mean, secure area to, to set up camp. I can help her if that's right. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. I imagine she actually has a better grasp on nature than you do. <laughs> yeah, but like two blind people have to find something if they stumble around long enough. <laughs> you know, you're, you're trying to find something outside and you left the dryad. Boxer's got survival skills. No, but I can like literally sense the woods around me. It's part of symbiosis. Dang. Okay. So navigation is intuition yes thank you Ew. and boxer you were helping with this uh sure so i guess i'll roll yeah i always look for it in chummer first which is 
probably uh the best move. All right, I'm defaulting. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that before. <laughs> uh, time to scroll down too. Yeah. So, yeah, so you head out of Renton, and actually, my uh, curious now. Now you've made me curious about what's east of Seattle. Is that Salishi territory? Uh, I believe yes. We would have crossed over the border into Salish territory, um, leaving the uh, the limits of Seattle. At least I think that's how that works. Uh, actually, it's uh, Cascade Crow area that you're getting into, which I know nothing about. I don't either. I, I mean, I know what the the environment there should be like, assuming no like crazy climate change fuckery or magic stuff. It's a, it's a, a, a temperate or yeah, temperate rainforest um, populated mainly by conifer trees. Yeah. So, um, so east of Renton is Cascade Crow territory and uh, it's in the Salish Sea. And uh don't know if there's a, there's probably a border you're going to have to cross if you stick to the roads. Um, so you'd probably want to, you'd probably have to make some kind of a test to get through that. Yeah. That yeah. I would be willing to take a good bit of time trying to off-road it. Um, hell, like, uh, have her, have her drive, boxer drive, while, um, like, directing mm -hmm. her, peeking my head out the window. <laughs> um, because, uh. All right. Let's operate. Being able to actually perceive at any time. I have an easier time navigating the night because I can distinguish the ground from the air a lot easier than most people. Mm. Well, she's a good driver, so she can she can do the straight line. <laughs> you may not have to do just a straight line. You may have to avoid obstacles. Um, honestly, it may be a good idea for me to like for us to get out for me to get out while you drive the car and like direct it along. Um, I'm trying to think of, oh, I could just use mine net, cast mine net, establish it between me and you, and we can move until we can get back onto the main road again. All right. So you guys head out. Um, I'm, we don't need to go into too much depth in it. You made your, you made a decent roll. So you head out into, uh, you exit the city limits and, uh, you cross into Cascade Crow territory, um, fairly uneventfully, um, so once you get out of Seattle proper, obviously you get into more of a wild area and into the foothills of the Cascade Mountains. So lots of very tall trees and forests and ravines and the roads, just a two-lane road winding up into the mountains. And uh, after a while, you sense or feel or find a, uh, a little cutoff road that heads off into the trees, a dirt road. You follow that in and then you get take... The van as much off-road as you dare without getting stuck, and you find a nice little clearing, uh, and there's a little pond with a stream. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so you've, you've found a place that you consider to be relatively safe and away from anybody who would be coming, don't expect to have anybody coming around looking here. How does that sound? That sounds nice. That really does sound nice. Gosh. It's cold, and it's wet, and it's dark. Obviously, with... Uh, Boxer, do you have any kind of low light vision or night vision? Uh, let's see. <sighs> mm, well, actually, wait. 
I am looking at the actual eyes. She doesn't have actual eyes. She yoinked them. Yes, she does. They're no robot eyes. Um, you've got a pretty good vision of this too, and you know you've been <sighs> you've done enough time in the field to to recognize that this is a pretty decent spot. And Grace, you're looking around. Obviously, the area is teeming with life. Um, you know, crickets and other insects and salamanders and frogs and you know field mice and all that type of stuff. You don't see anything you know, larger really than a house cat around and certainly nothing awakened or sentient at the moment. I believe this is about as good as we're going to get. Yep. It is definitely not home, but <laughs> that is very true. Nightingale, uh, at that point, will probably cast light um, and they're just kind of like th- these little, like, uh, almost like flits of, uh, of light in vaguely sphere shapes, like, um, bubble out from her horn, like bubbles, actual bubbles, except made of light. And they, uh, float about between the two of them, um, at least one for Boxer and one for herself. And she says, we should probably start a fire just so that you don't end up freezing a night. and fur. You're meta are, are you actually going to be fine? How cold is it? It's not super cold. It's damp more than, you know, it's sort of a damp cold, but it's not super cold. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it would be... Mm, it's cold fun. like people in the South saying, oh my god, it's freezing. But yeah. it's cold like Canadians wearing short sleeves. Oh, yeah, okay. she'll be fine. I'll be fine. I've had worse. You can always sleep in the van. <laughs> it's a big van. It says free candy on the side. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. It doesn't say free candy, and it's also black, not white. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's where you have the black van. The, the, the big, scary black van. I mean, you can sleep in the car if you're a coward, but I'm going to set up my tent. <sighs> All right. Coward for not liking bugs? What is in the survival kit? Oh, Horse man. tent. It's... It's non-specific. It's and more tacked on the end, just like whatever random survival kit that uh, your GM is willing to give you, basically. Uh, but it specifically those. says survival gear in a rugged bag includes a knife, lighter, matches, compass, lightweight thermal blanket, several days worth of ration bars, a water for purification unit, and more. Yeah, so and probably more. like some kind of rope, like two feet of paracord and a mirror. Never enough rope. There's never enough rope. You get fifty more rope. Yeah. Just when like I Google this, it comes up with five E every time. <laughs> that do be how it be. All right. So you guys are all squared away for the night. What's what's happening next? Well, in the morning, uh, Boxer should probably call Vizente. Does she even get signal out here? Does she? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, yes. Yeah. Cecile, when you wake up in the morning. Ice is still sitting out there in the parking lot. Uh, Cecile goes through her incomplete daily routine. She's very upset. And then she goes out to check on Ice. Deander, where did you end up crashing for the night? Oh, uh, I just went back to my apartment in uh, Auburn. Oh, like a civilized person. Yeah. <laughs> like a real like a real elf. I feel like even though Deander was the last person to go to sleep, She'd probably still be the first person up. Yeah, I think you guys have all been sort of fighting for the uh, for that distinction. Oh. 
Rudy Seals waking up at 6 a.m. today because she would otherwise only get like three hours of sleep. But usually she wakes up like 4.30. Yeah, last time you, when you got up last time, Ice and Prokop were just going to bed, oddly enough. Anyways. So, uh, Ice, you uh, okay out here? Yep, nothing unusual happened last night. You don't need to sleep? Not right now. Hmm. Okay, then. Um. Anyway, let's go. I have to pick up some stuff. Bank. All right. So Ice Ice just goes with you. Um, Deandir, you're up to... What are you up to? Uh, Deandir would probably go and get a soy calf. All right. I think on her way, she'd probably call each of the members of the group and see if they wanted a soy calf or something. Do you guys want a soy calf or anything? Delicious soy calf. Uh, no, I do not. I no. Seal I'm just going to drink from the river. Has like already gone through her routine tea. where she drinks tea, so she's not in the mood. He has the tea. She missed the point in time where she would be drinking tea, so she's just like, ugh, whatever. <laughs> in the so, end, uh, Deandere gets like two soy calves. One for her and the other also for her. Honestly, the uh, the job was the thing that brought her into town, and um, that was her main goal. And she doesn't really know what to do without money, so yeah. she'd probably be interested in getting the money from the Johnson. the The rest of it, did we already get paid? No, no, it he was. It was not pay up front. Oh, uh, Deandre probably did the like six hour check in with him. Uh, and it was just like, yeah, we're, we have a lead. We'll get back to you in another six hours. I'm thinking that, like, we can tell him we know where she is and get the money from him. Like, his, I, his request was that we deliver a message and that we get in direct contact with her, right? That we do that, not that he needs direct contact with her. Well, he asked you guys to find out what was wrong, you know, why she hadn't been back in touch, you know, make sure she wasn't in danger. And if she, you know, if you found her to, to get it, to get in touch with her, I think he wanted you to deliver a message. Mm. If you found out that she didn't need any help, otherwise you, you the, uh, the job was to, to rescue her. So, um, uh, no, the, the job was just to find out if she needed help or not. And if she didn't, to uh to figure to get the message to her but if she did we would renegotiate for a rescue price right mm-hmm. yeah that sounds right so deandre probably told her or told uh the creep that we found her um we know she's fine uh we're trying to get in contact with her now all right he uh are you calling him or are you text messaging him i'm texting him okay no yeah i'm texting him <laughs> Yeah, your text goes through, and, and a couple of seconds later, um, you get a, a wall of text that basically boils down to, you know, him saying, you know, where is she? How can I get in touch with her? Deandre would say, that's not a part of our job. Uh, what was the message you had for her? He, uh, he messages you and says, um, it, message, he, a message comes back and says, can we meet later tonight? Sure. All right, let's meet at that same uh, um, place that we uh, we did our business at last time. 
uh, called like Greasy. Uh, greasy Bills. Greasy Bells, yeah. That does not sound appealing. <laughs> uh, I guess I'd message the group with, like, meet at Greasy Bells. Uh, we've got a, uh, an update from the, the Mr. J. Uh, I think, what's it, what would be the... Greasy hmm? Bends. Uh, the, like, Shadowrunner equivalent of Loose Lips Sink Ships. It's probably, like, Loud Ships. Dragon? Hmm? Never deal with a dragon? Never deal with a dragon, I guess. No. <laughs> That's not you're, you're, you're asking loose loose lips sink ships. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, if you can't think of an equivalent, Shadowrunners would just say that like yeah. if it's not if it's not incredibly catchy and intuitive, they would just say like whatever the fuck. Yeah. I think legitimately DeAndre would follow up the uh, her text with loose lips sink ships. Yeah, because D&D is old enough to know that. Yeah. Turn of phrase. All right, so uh, Grace and Boxer hang out in the forest for the day. <laughs> Cecile does some shopping. Speaking of, uh, I'm going to run past you everything I got. So most of it is uh, the highest availability rating with 8R, most of them being 4 to 6. Okay. That's not a problem? No, I would imagine Cecile knows where to get all that stuff. Okay. And then the I bought an agent with availability 9. Not R. Just 9. Alright. Running it past I'm going it. to get up and go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Yeah, we talked about getting Cecile set up a little bit more to Indeed. be a little bit more effective there. So I think between your contacts and your past life, you know where to find this stuff pretty easily. Oh, absolutely. There's probably a, a bloody class on it. Yeah, there. You might have already known where there was like a a virtual dead drop where you know most students went and downloaded half the stuff, anyways. Okay, and with 150 million left, Cecile is kitted out. All right, so we're going to skip ahead to meeting Mr. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yes, Nightingale is in doggy mode again. Doggy mode. All right, you guys drive back into town. Everything goes smoothly again. Um, in the light of day, you see that you've you've driven up into the Cascades, and as you're headed down to Seattle, you sort of get that panoramic view of of the city and Puget Sound, and yeah, it's quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. Indeed, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, in spite of your knowledge of all the the metahuman drama going on down there, unfolding within those within that metroplex from a distance, it uh, it has its charm. You know, Boxer. Mm-hmm. Originally. Whenever I came here, I, uh, meta-humanity, meta-humans scared the ever-loving out of me. The sheer mass of you, it's like a, it's like an anthill, except <laughs> the ants are bigger than, uh, let me, let me think of a, an appropriate comparison. I guess they're, they're, uh... In comparison to you, they're they're bigger, they're more than three times as big, and um, they don't really have a sense of camaraderie like ants. <laughs> I can see how that to be scary. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, it's it's almost it's almost like uh, the the ocean. It's just this swirling, swallowing tide of people, always, constantly, and forever. Tide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
You're right. It is an ocean. People. And you see things differently, yeah? Literally differently. Yes. Mm. So I imagine you must be curious. And I. Hmm? Mm. But things must be better now that you've been here for a while. Ah. It's. It is profound. It, uh. Like. It's, it's beautiful, honestly. In much the same way that those mountains are beautiful, even though they are also kind of, you know, intimidating. Um, and I think more than anything, there's just so much to learn, so much to experience, so many people to meet, people like you, people like uh, Cecil and the, the green one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I guess. It's, it's not... It's not scary anymore. Still Just very interesting. Weird. Interesting, that's it, yeah. Interesting. You are intrigued. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, was I mean to the Johnson? Uh, honestly? Uh, most of them, or at least the smart ones, have learned to expect a certain degree of coarseness from Shadowrunners. You did nothing unexpected. You really did smell bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he did. And, uh, he'll continue driving if uh, Boxer has nothing more to say. Did you think when you came here you would end up in this sort of situation? Yes, this is... actually. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to be such a cog, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, and to have such little information. <sighs> but I think that's just how this world works. I was expecting adventure. I was expecting to have to bypass local norms. Uh, yeah, bypass local norms and uh, do things that some people didn't want me to do to further my studies, but also to further the good here. I thought there was some part of me that was deluded into believing that like, I could bring harmony to this world whenever I initially you know, started learning about it, whenever I... I uh, before harmony. I even came to Seattle. Yeah, harmony. I think that's, like, the best way to put it. <laughs> you know? Um, not yeah, everyone just gets along. <laughs> well, not quite. But preferably, if you don't get along, you don't starve people to death or shoot them. That makes sense. <laughs> but there's just too many metahumans, and uh, they're yeah. a little bit too dangerous for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interest. You guys were chatting, and uh, both of you make a uh, perception check. Perception. Mm. Perception. What is perception governed by? Uh, intuition. And one. She got three. So, Grace, you're you're sort of deep in thought. You know, this tableau in front of you has got you a little bit introspective in your your purpose here. So you're just sort of following in traffic and, and watching the city approaching you. Boxer, on the other hand, for some reason you're feeling, you know, you've got sort of your head on a swivel a bit more than... You uh, You see a vehicle, several vehicles behind you that has a familiar logo on it or a familiar emblem on it. It's a uh, otherwise unremarkable um, Ares Roadmaster, but uh, 
there's a symbol on it that you recognize and it's a uh, the symbol is sort of a, a purple a tombstone shape with a purple background on it and a grim reaper with a scythe and the number 61. Mettengel, she would make a point of stressing the fact that she was using that name. We appear to have a tell the mercenaries that recognize the insignia. Oh! Don't drive differently. You just keep calm and you are going to... We are going to hope that my prudence, she pats her bag, metal clinks inside, is not necessary. God. Yeah! Yeah, I hope that too! Just be ready. What did they say? Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope it hope it doesn't come to it. But um, I can I can work a long rifle if you have another one of those. Yeah. Long rifle, long gun. Yeah, long gun. That sounds right. I just. <sighs> She'd probably look over at the uh, the rearview mirror at that point. Yeah, you see the. You see a large vehicle, a couple of couple of cars behind you. Um, it's not doing anything outlandish. I have. I don't assume you would know how to use a sniper. Um, it is a kind of long gun, semi-automatic. Should be awesome. Don't break it. It's my second most expensive one. Is that like a hunting rifle? It's the kind used by marksmen in the military. But, yes, you might think of it as a sort of advanced hunting rifle. Okay, with the sight, I just line up the, the cross on the target, right? Yes. I don't imagine that can be non-lethal, can it? I lack non-lethal rounds, but hopefully it won't come to that. This... she gives a habitual conspiratory glance around before calling that there is no one here. We'll just say I have, I have a history of this group. Yeah, so as you're finishing that sort of conversation, um, Grace, you see that there um, is another van of similar size and shape and coloring pulling out into the road ahead of you. Shit. Mm. Looks like they're they're moving into place to, uh, to block traffic. Uh, Look. Nightingale is going to have to be quick. These people, good chance they're here for me rather than you. If they are here for me, I I don't want you to stay. I want you to go. Understand? Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. At that point, she rolls down the window, um, and she lets the dog brain take over fully. And she doesn't immediately, she doesn't peek out but she's looking at the roadside. Um, what kind of environment are they in at this point? You're sort of on a main road um, heading through what basically would be sort of the outskirts of Seattle, Renton, you know, strip malls, um, motels, restaurants, you know, sort of the, uh, you know, the kind of stuff that you find on the outside of cities. Um, it's, and what you're on a main arterial road heading into Seattle. Uh, now that the window is down, looking, 
like where they just pulled off from hmm okay she's just going to peek uh hmm i don't know maybe she no uh are there any other humans <laughs> meta humans like in the tree line that she can make out no no uh, nope there's no you're not seeing anybody into in standing in any kind of ambush position if that's what, as you're perceiving you're obviously you're dual natured, so you're perceiving. What you're seeing is, uh, you know, mostly just the normal meta-human traffic, um, and then maybe some alarm and, and anger in front of you as this fan pulls out and basically just cuts off traffic and people start honking. And um, yeah, you notice that the van behind you is also sort of pulled crossways to traffic, and you guys are now. Sandwich between these vans. You know, there's several cars between you that have stopped and honking, and people are shaking their fist. And the dog brain of the van has slowed down and stopped as well. And at this point, you see um, the, the van that's ahead of you. Um, the driver's side door opens, and a large sliding door opens, and several people get out, exit the vehicle. Um, they're wearing what appear to be military uniforms and. Uh, Weapons are not pointed at you, but they have weapons. Not really readied or anything. And then, uh, Boxer, you recognize your old CEO. <sighs> um, I could call Nathan McCord. And uh, he's looking towards you, and then uh, he's having some words with somebody next to him. And then he starts walking through the traffic towards you. You take a long, deep breath. The rifle is partially disassembled in the back. Uh, if you need to, I'm sure you can figure it out, but I think it should be obvious that it would be best not to fight these people. I, I'm going out yeah. and follow me. Uh, no. No, you are not going out there. They are going to kill you. That is plainly obvious. If they don't... If they're not here for me, of course. That's also a possibility. In this um Nightingale, you know I used to work for private security. I guess I wasn't expecting them to I'm going out. Is everything No Uh well we are going to talk and if they decide that they would rather not well well I wouldn't Get out from the driver's seat, she says, and uh, is suddenly now squirreling uh, after setting the window to roll up, she's scrolling her way back into the back. Go! Yeah. She, uh, she opened the door and noticed a moment's hesitation. So she were wondering what exactly she's doing. A moment of disbelief. But, uh, she gets out. Uh, she only has her sidearm at her hip. The, uh, the handgun and the taser on the other hip. Yeah, so, uh, Major McCord is, is coming towards you and he's make, he's keeping his hands sort of easily visible to you and uh, as he sees you get out he sort of smiles he's uh, he's been around um, you remember him as a a very very tough individual but also very um, fair and and honest um, and he's thinking back on it you remember that there are stories of how the how Bravo Company came to be. Um, 
they definitely have a code of honor and they definitely have, while they're, they're a mercenary company, they've also got a reputation for being a fairly, um, as mercenary companies go, fairly ethical companies. Um, there was a, uh, in, uh, in the early, uh, the company was initially led by the guy's father, but they were, uh, they had a couple of instances during the uh, the Ghost Wars where they um, avoided participating in some atrocities, have generally tried to maintain sort of military, ethical kind of way of operating. But in any case, you know your history with them, and it's not necessarily, you didn't necessarily leave on good terms, right? Uh, they were being acquired after hitting some financial issues. Yep, and uh, you also acquired some things from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've sort of been hiding ever since, but apparently um, they found you. And uh, in any case, you're now approaching within a couple of feet of each other. And um, Major McCord looks you up and down and says, uh, You're looking well, boxer. You are as well as considering. Yeah, it's been a while. It's. I bet you thought we were uh, we were done for when you decided to cut your losses. It wasn't just me. No, it wasn't just you. We found a couple of the other guys as well, the ones that got away. Now, he holds up his hand. Don't get me wrong. I might not necessarily like the way things went down, and I might agree with the choices you made. I get it. I understand. Um, that being said, though, Boxer, um, you do owe us. And I assume by the fact that you have not shot me or my companion yet, that my debt is not going to be paid in blood. My blood. No profit in your blood, Boxer? No satisfaction to some. Yeah, that's not going to change what happened, though. So um, I've got a mission for you. And if you accomplish the mission, then consider our debt paid in full and you won't ever see Bravo Company again. He uh, holds out his hand, and there's a uh, there's a a memory stick on it. In it, he says coordinates are on this, as our contact information. Once the job is done, and I assume all of the details on this. Everything you need's on the stick. And this operation, this is for me exclusively, or for my compatriots as well as myself. He shrugs. Both boxer. I don't really care how you manage pay off your debts or whose help you have to enlist to get it done, but we're calling in the marker on you. You can either get us what we're looking for here and consider the debt paid or keep running. Personally, if I were you, I wouldn't want to be running anymore. I get the feeling I wouldn't be running very far. Like I said, there's no there's no benefit to us in, in killing you, boxer. I mean, I don't necessarily have to like the way things went down, and I don't like the choices, and don't particularly think they were very honorable, but hey, maybe I'll get something out of it after all in the end. Take this job, but I'll have you know that it looked back then like Bravo wasn't going to be yours or ours anymore. It was going to be another soulless corporate monolith that would have had us killing civilians in some fucking field in the middle of nowhere, so... Yeah, it almost came to that. It almost came to that, Boxer, I understand. But uh, you could have at least uh, followed the chain of command. You were, after all, soldiers. What? Never mind, Boxer. It's all water under the bridge. 
This is your ticket out from under. I accept. Good. We probably won't be seeing each other again, Boxer, so uh, make it count. And he turns around, heads back to his van. Wait. Couple... One last one last thing. He looks over his shoulder. My section. The ones that stayed. What happens? Yeah. Say they went down like new soldiers unlike others. Alright. Some of them I'm... made it out. One or two of them made it out, Boxer. That's how we knew you were alive. I'll see you in hell. Let's just... Probably. 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 A couple of minutes later, the vans have disappeared into the traffic, and the traffic is flowing smoothly. And you guys are headed back into Seattle. Nightingale had assembled the sniper, and by the time Boxer goes to get back in the driver's seat, it is... Uh, in an admittedly precarious way set up to sit on the dash and probably had been sighted in on if not the person boxer had been speaking to one of the men alongside him but she uh she immediately pulls it back and sets it into the back whenever she steps in um rendering it safe by unloading it and uh unchambering the round she is clearly anxious like physically very pronouncedly shaking while she does this and she doesn't say anything just letting boxer take control of the car and get it moving again talk about this later okay 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 let's go The Topps Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Topps Company, Inc. has granted permission to the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast in any official capacity whatsoever. The music for the Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast was written and performed by Trace Mineral. The Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons License 4.0, meaning you are welcome to use the material as long as you give us credit.